It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Go on. Go away. Good boy. <laughs> that is Tess Armstrong talking to her dog. And welcome to another week of They Came to Play. Uh, recording remotely again. We can't see each other's beautiful faces in person, uh, but we can via Google Hangout. Hello, Tess Armstrong. Hi, Limo, and good boy to you and good boy to Danny as well. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Danny McGinley. Uh, are we doing this for real? Okay, all right, sure. Yeah, hey, yeah, hi. Yeah. Hey, Danny, let's start with the positive. Um, your tweet about Riley O'Brien and Nick Natanui got a lot of traction over the weekend. It Congratulations. Did. Thank you. Yeah, the tweet went uh, pretty ballistic for Twitter these days, considering like it, it seems that no one's on Twitter anymore. It seems to be just people checking what Trump he's done, how insane he is, and a bunch of racist robots. But uh, <laughs> Well, and it was a callback. For those who didn't see it, I tweeted that I was disappointed that no one went with the headline, Knickknack uh, Paddy Wax Gives the Crow a Phone. It was a callback to a thing we did on this show where we wanted uh, Nick Nat to get suspended for striking Patrick Dangerfield uh, whilst at the same time a prominent bulldog was out of contract looking for another club. So it would say, Nick Nat, Paddy Wax, give the dog a home. (laughs) (laughs) Which which is a... uh, And we have to credit the original... What was the original headline, Danny, from... I think it was for Scottish soccer, wasn't oh, it? Oh, uh, well, no, it's the original. Just a good headline: a uh, super Cali go ballistic Celtic are atrocious. That's right. Yes, that's. Would you say that's oh, the yes, original no. good headline? No, sorry, I was saying I thought that was a nickname Paddywhack headline, but it wasn't. It was a Celtic are atrocious. A different. It's a whole different nursery rhyme. Still, my favourite bad headline uh, was when uh, Elton John got married and it said, Elton takes David up the aisle. Oh, that would have been the sun, surely. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no, it was the Guardian. What do you reckon? Yeah. Hey, did you see, before we get to football, did you see the prank they pulled on David Gower during the test match? No. No. Got, they set up a Twitter account and they got someone to do a tweet uh, giving a shout-out to Ben Stokes' original cricket club. And they gave it to David Gower to read during the broadcast. So he, live on air from the commentary box, said, oh, and a shout-out to um, Ben Stokes' original cricket club, Cockermouth, where he used to play. And, um, and this weekend, uh, a special shout-out to Hugh Jordan, who took six for nine. Uh, <laughs> none of any of that's true. But David Gow read it all out on, on air while they giggled around him like schoolboys. Footy will be that. attempting that prank this weekend. It'll be live on Bounce. It'll be huge. What a character. It will be huge. So, Danny, you had a win with your tweet on the weekend. Tess, what was your biggest win of the weekend? Well, I... <laughs> Surely it wasn't Richmond. Surely not. It seriously was not. It was every other game that didn't involve my football club. It actually was to my coach who has taken after his mentor, Alistair Clarkson, by calling it as he sees it, which is that we were involved in a horrendous game of football. I think he called it. And he said seven. And also, you know how I'm prone to exaggeration. He said that there were at some point 75,000 people in our forward line. So I loved that. Uh, Dare I say it, though, Tess, I mean, Richmond... Clearly flag favourite. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the first time, I think since 2013 or something like that, that all of the big four, like the football has gone from Victoria, but Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon and Richmond are all in the top eight. So look out, baby. Look out, national. Mm. The Vicks are still in it. Do, they, do you still um, call that the, the big four? As in Hawthorne are pretty much big four now. No, it's got to be Hawthorne big five. Hawthorne and Geelong are in their own competition. 
Hawthorne, Hawthorne underdogs, Danny. <laughs> I'm fighting against the system, man. That plucky little group of very privileged middle-class private school kids. Good on them. Hey, hey, hey. You're better at the moment to not do your tips. So if you're in a tipping competition and you tip and if you forget to tip, you get the away teams. But at the moment, that is completely irrelevant. Is it better to not do your tips at the moment and go with the away teams or just no, randomly? Just, absolutely not because every home team won this week. Yes. So the way to secure a win as a home team is to not play at your home ground. <laughs> the home ground advantage. Um, how many did I get on the weekend, I wonder? It was absolutely poor. Four out of nine. Oof. You would have got zero if you went for the away teams. Well, uh, that's if you true. So I, I really lucked out there. It is impossible, though, to because I usually um, barrack for an underdog, but it's really impossible at the moment to pick an underdog because the ladder is so random and everybody's kind of just – I don't even know what to – what to barrack for? I was I was barracking for Riley O'Brien as my underdog in this scenario. I was like, "What is what is going to come to?" I'm committed to a Brisbane Port Adelaide Grand Final. That's what I'm committed yeah. to. Yeah, remake of O4, one of the best Grand Finals this century. Uh, hang on, Danny. Danny, we've just let something happen, and it's not good enough. We let Tess stop talking about Richmond's shit game. They diverted us onto another topic. Completely I moved past it. I thought, figured we, when we go through the games, we'll we'll give both barrels to Tessa's yeah. absolute <laughs> of a match, which has brought the AFL into disrepute. And look, I call for this every week, but I, I truly believe the Richmond Football Club uh, should be held responsible, and, and liquidation is not out of the question. Save it, because um, there may be a chance that if we get distracted, we don't get time to talk about it if we go in order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, let's talk about Richmond right now. Um, Tess, that was just, I wouldn't even punish someone with having to watch that game. That was too, that would be cruel and unusual punishment. If they played that game over and over in Guantanamo Bay, I would say, you've <laughs> now gone too far. These guys, I know you've been waterboarding them for years, but this is a step too far. Um uh, Man City won five nil on the weekend, so Man City would have beaten both Richmond and Sydney <laughs> and Hawthorne for that matter on the, on the weekend. Yeah, you can't talk because your game. I'm, you know, I want to let you finish, but your game was the worst game of the round. Anywho, it was at least oh, interesting because it was so game was so bad that they're not even talking about it. Whereas our game was interesting; they're talking about it. It was. It had a lot of stats. It was. Um, it was history-making because, of course, it was the, the second lowest game of the AFL um, era. Also, we are record breakers. Uh, thank you to Swamp for pointing out that Richmond are the only team in the AFL era to win a game kicking only one goal after quarter time. So that'll go down in history. That's, that's something to be proud of. And it says, is that your lowest score for a while as well, Richmond? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was completely outrageous. Can I say, it has been a tough yeah, for me personally, guys, and uh, Richmond have been pretty hopeless this year and not doing very well. We were we were down this week, eight hundred and thirty nine games of experience with our outs, and I thought in the first quarter, oh no, it'd be embarrassing to lose to Sydney, who are perpetually in a rebuild for like five seconds. But we were actually playing really well, and Shay Bolton was playing well, and um, Kane Lambert was good, and Nick Foston was up and about. So we had like a lot of Marbia Chol was awesome, Noah Bolter. I really like him; he's one of my faves. So I was so excited, and then Sydney sent everyone who is currently not in lockdown in the state of Sydney into our forward line to stop us from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is this is John Longmire's fault. <laughs> Yes, it is John Longmire's fault, and I, I I'm backing my coaching and saying right. um, the dirty tactics used against us to embarrass us. And if that's the only way that teams can beat Richmond is by just flooding our forward line, then it's bad for football, and you should all try just try and beat us at our own game. Yeah, because Levo, yeah, don't forget, Tess yeah. just pointed out she's had a rough year this year. She's the only one of us three who doesn't do professional stand-up comedy, uh, the only one who's kept her job, uh, the only one who's not in <laughs> lockdown right now, the only one who doesn't wake up with a three-year-old kicking them in the face. Yeah, she's had a rough time. I will also say that if you watched this game 
and you didn't barrack for Richmond or Sydney, you should seek professional help. Limo did ask if I had a win on the weekend. I had a, a tweet that did very well and uh, I actually missed this game due to working and have been paying attention. But I, I this morning I, I turned on my computer and I tried to watch the highlights and uh, my laptop actually turned into the HAL 9000 from 2001 Space Odyssey and just said, I can't do that. Now. I cannot in good faith allow you to watch highlights of this match. Well, there, there are no highlights. Uh, <laughs> a quick shout-out to Jason Castagna, who is um, a delightful uh, small forward for Richmond who has a historic issue with kicking straight. Um, so he brought, well, someone brought to the hub, which is a really dangerous uh, situation, someone brought a self-tattooer, like a tattooing machine. So he got a tattoo on his leg that's a post-it note that says kick straight. So I just wanted for one shout out because that's funny. <laughs> not bad, not bad. I yeah, like Tess, Tess's use of the term "historic issue with kicking straight." Is it, that's about <laughs> as mean as Tess will get to say he's yeah, done. He's not yeah. <laughs> bad. He's amazing. He just needs to um to kick straight, and so now he's got a constant reminder. So good for him. Did it work? Did he kick your one goal after quarter time? No, he didn't. He did not kick straight. Like. <laughs> mm. <laughs> And, uh, I can't believe a story with a self-tattooing machine has gone badly. Yeah, I know. Who would have thought? <laughs> it was actually their uh, their Gold Coast recruit that kicked the one goal after half time with a broken hand. So it was um, big Tom Lynch. All oh, right. Also, a shout out to Callan Mills. Who there was a contra- You know, the only thing people could think to talk of was um, Callan Mills's deliberate behind and I just like had this massive flashback to 2017 where the where the deliberate out of bounds rule was changed the interpretation was changed and you couldn't run backwards behind the goals otherwise it would be deliberate and um Callum Mills was the first controversial person to to fall foul of that rule in 2017 so yesterday I was like Callum Mills deliberate out of bounds like it's comforting that when so much changes in football um so much stays the same and it's still <laughs> Callum Mills getting a and similarly, people called talk back um, after the St Kilda game on Saturday and asked for Brett Ratton to be sacked. And so that was also strange. Oh. <laughs> people are, aren't people the best? People are so great. Footy fans are so patient and supportive. Oh, they're the two words that come to mind. <laughs> I, well, let's, let's continue on with uh, Sunday's footy then to... Carlton and the Western Bulldogs. Danny, there's an odd amount of joy that I got from seeing how genuinely happy Carlton fans are. Carlton fans have been so angry and so negative that they're just, the thought of any positivity coming out of a Carlton fan over the last 25 years has been hugely optimistic. And to see it in the last 12 hours, I've got to be honest with you, and I thought I would never say this, but I've quite enjoyed it. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you, mate. That's uh, <laughs> really so glad that during the dark times of 2020, you found a silver line. Now, Carlton were, yeah. you know, everything Carlton did yesterday turned to gold. Like, we had more inside 50s. We had to, like, scrap and struggle for every scoring shot. And then Carlton would just go two kicks and it would be a goal. They'd get it to Eddie Betts. Now, I really don't like yeah. watching Eddie Betts and wanting him to not do well. That really just goes against my programming. He gets the ball and I'm like, oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's like watching a James Bond film where he's the villain. It's just wrong. <laughs> uh, I thought we started very well. Like uh, uh, Cripps was uh, bullying Bailey Smith and then Bailey Smith got the first goal and was giving him a bit of lip. And there was a brilliant moment where Cripps was pushing uh, a young Bailey Smith and Libba just appeared behind him. And uh, sadly, the camera wasn't on Cripps's face. And I would love to see his eyes just suddenly go, oh, it would have been like in uh, the second Jurassic Park movie where they're playing with the baby T-Rex and then the mama appears behind them. <laughs> I, to me, in those situations, Liberatore is like an SAS soldier. You know, <laughs> yeah. you don't actually see him move. He just appears in different locations. And at that point, he just appeared behind Crips. Yeah. It was a lot closer game than the scoreboard uh, suggested. Uh, we just, and we faded badly in that last quarter. I've got a horrible feeling. Like, I was pretty optimistic going into last night. You know, we'd beaten, we'd won three on the trot. But I looked at the ladder, and the two teams we'd beaten in the last two weeks, the Swans and the Kangaroos, and uh, second and third bottom. And the other team we beat were the Giants, uh, who we had to beat after the finals last year. 
I've just got this horrible feeling. It's trepidation. We might not be good. Whoa! <laughs> just it's a, yeah. Oh. Well, Danny, let's go through. Let's go through your ladder positions. Finishing ladder positions since twenty sixteen. Okay. Where'd you finish in twenty seventeen? Uh, I think tenth. Twenty eighteen. Worse than that, twelfth or something. Last year, seventh. Lucky seven. We won the flag from seventh. Uh, but did you get knocked out in the first round of the finals last year? Uh, I who remembers so long ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. You did. Okay. So, are you starting to think that the blip was twenty sixteen? The phrase "Brad bringing it" has uh, been popping Whoa. up a fair bit. Oh, no. I just like yeah, this year Bevo's got nowhere to hide because he's he's taken out. Uh, he has absolutely gutted that premiership team. This is his legacy. He's brought in all these players in his uh, image of being, uh, you know, uh, genuine and humble. And, uh, and he's got rid of, you know, these show-offs like uh, Dalhouse and Stringer. And, uh, you know, just, yeah, it's, it's not a nice feeling. Danny just said on the record that taking the premiership teams out of the team is Bevo's legacy, not the 2016 grand final. Uh, do you know who who really get should get a lot more credit for the 2016 grand final? Brendan McCartney, who was the coach up until two years before. He drafted in a lot of those players, and apparently, you know, he he had lost the playing group, but he'd given them the core the core skills and stuff. And then Bevo came in and was all loving dad and happy, and so they fired up. But at no point during the celebrations was Brendan McCartney acknowledged, and I, I think that is a, 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 a history will will frown upon that. Wow, Tess, I thought only Jeff Kennett was capable of this type of speech. You know, Mad uh, Melbourne, a premiership coach like this. Is there is there a loyalty issue at the Western Bulldogs? What we're hearing here is they're starting to eat their own. Like, this is like Lord of the Flies. And They've like, only got each other, but they're eating each other alive. And I was like, greedy. Like, not all teams, Limo, can win two to three grand finals in a short period of time. And, like, some of you get one, and that's just how it is in foot, in the football world. So you just got to put the DVD on, Danny. Call Talk back each week after the game with a with a pseudonym and get it off your chest. <laughs> Do you know how much uh, – I know you guys are trolling me quite badly right now. Do you know how much uh, St Kilda and Melbourne fans are hating you guys and me so much right now? I'm not going to sneeze at one premiership. I would have I bitten your hand off for it, and I did, and we've got it. And, yeah, that's no, not that great now, but it's definitely better than it was in 2015. That's you do, I must you say, do. you have been playing really well for the last five weeks, so you might just have an odd week when you change states and go to a different state. So why don't you just hold off till next week? Separately on to Carlson, though, you can always tell, like, from the start of the game, Eddie Betts was doing awesome things in and around the ball, like, from the very beginning of yesterday. So it was just a matter of time before he properly fired up. And also when someone like Cripps gets injured and goes off, it really, like, rallies everybody and then they're fired up. And so it was kind of – that was – I just thought they were awesome. And I did, Limo, similarly to you, text a group message and say, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm really barracking for the Blues. Sorry, don't care. I just couldn't believe it. It feels so weird wanting Carlton to do well. I've ne- it's, I think it's the first time in my life. Yeah, I was like, this is wrong. I've wanted Carlton to do well. Sometimes in games when Carlton are playing Essendon or Sydney or Geelong, yeah. I might maybe want them to do well, but that's only because they're a team that I, you know, I, I'm working, it's like a scale of which one do I dislike yeah. the least, you know. They're like a villain, you know, and a, like a famous villain that you actually kind of like and you want to be there, like Moriarty to hot, to Sherlock Holmes. Like for Richmond, if Carlton's irrelevant, it's it's kind of boring. Like I'd rather them be there about like accidentally sneaking into the eight and then beating us in a final, um, you know, that kind of villain character in our lives. Whereas when they're irrelevant, they play no role because I don't feel for That's them. That's a good point, Tess. I, I like that. They sort of, Carlton almost feel like uh, Cesar Romero playing the Joker in the old Adam West Batman. And we've got Heath Ledger now and, you know, and even uh, Jack Nichols and Mark Hamill. We've got proper Jokers. But, uh, you know, and then you look at Carlton and it's, you know, it's just got the white face painted over his moustache. And- <laughs> We're learning so much about this team here because Tess has gone straight to a Moriarty reference, <laughs> which aligns with her ABC uh, background. Danny's gone for the Joker, which aligns with his sort of pop culture comedy type background. 
I was thinking when you said bad guys that you like, I went in my head. I went straight to George Costanza. <laughs> Hang on, how are Carlton George Costanza? Well, Tess said they're like a villain that you like, and like George Costanza is the most reprehensible individual on the talent on the on the planet. But you love him, <laughs> and you kind of find yourself barracking for him, even though he's a terrible. Bloke. And now they're doing well. Do you reckon they're 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 doing the opposite of what of what they want to do? <laughs> Uh, working yeah. for them. <laughs> <laughs> They're shuffling the Penske file around. <laughs> anyway, Carlton, in, they're in the eight. Unbelievable. Good on In the eight. Congrats. Well done, Carlton people. Hey, let's finish off Sunday with the other Sunday game that was uh, our Port and the Giants. Yes. Connor Rosie, if you haven't seen the moment where he almost breaks Heathshaw's ankles by just being too fast and too slick for him. It is a wonderful gift that he's getting around on the AFL's um, Twitter account. I know a couple of weeks ago, Danny, you sent to the group that um, someone had done this article or, or, or gone out with a big statement, big call, when Port were number one on the ladder, that they think they might be in with a oh, chance to was, win. Oh, uh, it was Tim Watson. You know, Essendon, great, and Channel 7, you know, the face of sport for Channel 7 Melbourne uh, made the big call that Port could win the grand final when they were, you know, undefeated and on top. And and flag favourites. <laughs> <laughs> really going out on a limb there. Do we want to go out on a limb and say, I reckon I agree with him? I think they look Whoa. pretty good. We, that's too Whoa. big a call for this show. You know, can I tell you what's terrifying me, slightly off topic for a moment, is the fact that Essendon... Have got a game in hand. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. So really, Essendon could be equal top, and that if Essendon are good, that bothers me. Oh, <laughs> that's a villain you don't want fine. back. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, is that, yes, is that, okay. How's that in your brain? Is that like Newman? Is, is, is Essendon Newman? Hello, <laughs> Essendon. Yeah. Yes. Under no circumstances do I want to win there. Yeah. They make you feel a bit gross, and you don't know why. It's Newman. But I, with Port as well, like it was interesting because GWS are so touted as having the best midfield and Port really just put them away. Like they were just much, much better. They won all the clearances and that's where they won the game. And so if you start to talk about when people, you know, talk up other teams, I wonder why we don't talk up Port Adelaide like that. And I guess it's just consistency that they have been, they've let us down time and time again. So I don't want to get my hopes up, but I do want Port to do well. Uh, I want Port to do well too. I'm really, as I said, cheering for a Port Brisbane grand final if if Hawthorne aren't there. Well, actually, uh, Limo, I've got a, a confession to to you from Tess and I. We actually, during the Hawthorne game on Friday night, were texting each other, uh, mostly just pure glee that Hawthorne were terrible. But we've sort of come to yeah. a bit of a conclusion about you. Limo, you're a, you're a dear friend of ours, and 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 we love you, and but oh, and so God, therefore, yeah. you being a Hawthorne fan just doesn't jar. We don't think you've got the vibe of a Hawthorne fan. We both agreed, though. If we just, you know, you just see you on the street, heard you talk, got to, you know, got to know you without pick, I would pick you as a Port Adelaide fan. Being from Adelaide, yeah, right. you're a bit of a, you know, you're a nice guy, but, you, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see you throw a punch. <laughs> that wasn't in the group text. <laughs> no, that, that was my, that's my take on it. By the way, Lima, have you ever been cast as a villain in a, in a, in a, any sort of play or movie TV show? Uh, no, you no, should, I haven't. You should get one of those. You, you, I could see you playing a psycho. Like an underbelly type. Yeah, look, I just asked my son. I, he's <laughs> not one of the people being psycho, but my son and my wife are probably the only two, to be honest. Uh, but I think I could do a good. I could do a good nutbag. Yeah. So thank you, Danny. If any casting agents are listening. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the point is, you you should be a Port Adelaide fan. Change your team and go with your vibe. I also think Tess is more a Geelong fan than a Richmond fan. It's her. I think it's her country bumpkin sort of vibe. Mm. Wherever there's a thermos, that's who Tess should be supporting. <laughs> yeah. True. And Danny, I think you are barracking for the your perfect team. I said that I thought Danny is either completely perfect with the dogs or he, I see him barracking for North. <laughs> so no, way, I don't it's a terrible team. I, uh, you know, I think politically yeah. Danny's nicely aligned. Where he belongs. Politically and socially he's nicely aligned. He's <laughs> got the right attitude <laughs> A woke bogan. Yeah, yeah, woke bogan. Um, Perfect. And GWS get to host Brizzy next week, and I think we'll get to Brisbane 
in a bit, but they didn't play that well at Giant Stadium um, on the weekend. But at least they get two weeks in a row there, which seems to me like that might be something quite good for them, but also a chance for uh, the Giants to be quite good. And Port Adelaide, like I can't even see them on next week's roster. Where the hell are they? They're playing Carlton uh, oh. at the Gabba. And, oh, and look, it's... before you get too excited about Port Adelaide, they have never beaten Carlton at the Gabba. <laughs> <laughs> that is a joke that will not get old for the remainder of this, <laughs> of this season. I, and can we just for a moment, I believe Ken Hinckley is still washing the Gatorade out of his eyes. Who was in the middle of the team song? getting absolutely smashed with Gatorade by the players because it was his 300th as ah. coach. That's why he was there. Wow. Um, I, in coming weeks, would love to see Koshy and perhaps the cash cow inside the circle. <laughs> what is uh, their Their power man and woman or whatever. What is it? It's electricity. We've discussed this. What is it? Whereas a cash cow has like a power ranking on television that maybe is more relevant as their mascot. What are your thoughts? I like it. Uh, yeah, I think, I think the cash cow, I'd love to see the cash cow running through the banner. With the prison, I'd like prison to see bars. The cash cow yeah, getting around the group at uh, quarter time and three quarter time. As a runner. As a, run, as a runner, all of it. As a <laughs> doing massages on the sidelines, rubbing it Yes, You have to say, I wake up with today or whatever to get um, the message from the cash cow when he's a runner. Is that you have to say, this rival show? <laughs> Most ABC thing ever. They're all the same to me. Hey, did I tell you guys this last week, A, I've got too much time on my hands, and B, a result of that is that I know that, and let me just find the exact list of names for you, because this is good This is good research, by the way. Uh, here's a list of port players who don't follow Koshy on Instagram. <laughs> Tom Cleary, Tom Rockcliffe, Justin Westhoff, Ryan Burton, Dan Houston, and Sam Powell Pepper. But here's the twist. Justin Westhoff doesn't follow Koshy, but he does follow Carl Stefanovic. Oh. So You're getting to the bottom of this. This is good investigative journalism by Anthony Lehman. It's funny you should say that, Lehman. I think I inspired you with my investigative uh, Instagram journalism the other week. Fans will remember yes. that when Richmond were losing – I explained that it was because Sydney Stack and Monique Conti, our number one couple, a royal couple, as you will, had broken up because they'd, um, you know, they'd taken each other out of their bios on Insta. Well, mm. they're back in the bios, and there's a little oh. love hearts there, and Richmond are winning. So my story checks out, and I just wanted to put it on the record that I was right, and everyone else, not that anyone disagreed with me, but you're wrong if you did. Right. So love, love wins. Love wins, and um, when your first couple breaks up, it turns out it has some impact on the team. It has a negative impact. I get it. We're back on. Limo, who's the first couple of Hawthorne? Let's. Well, it was Jared and uh, Sarah Roughhead, of course. Of course. Uh, last year, but I don't, I don't know who our sort of glamour couple would be now. Let's say Alistair and Karen Clarkson. For there we go. Sure, absolutely. Uh, let's go straight to the top. The king and the queen right there. Danny, who's the first couple at uh, at the Bulldogs? Uh, you mean like a uh, – uh, oh, well, yeah, hey, actually now, our couple would have been uh, Peter Gordon and Susan Alberti, but they, of course, had a very bad breakup. So that's why – that's the reason we're not making finals. We need mum and dad to get back together. You really do. Here is a plea from Danny McGinley. Hey, Let's go back to uh, Saturday, guys. And who would have thought that game of the round would be Fremantle versus St Kilda? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I yes. The Ross Lang. I think the game of the round was actually Melbourne Gold Coast, but we'll get to that. But this game was an absolute cracker. I need to put it out on the record and apologise because I tweeted um, early in the game that St Kilda were making footy fun again and that also Dan Butler's hair was incredible and he is incredible. And I just want to say that if that had any... If that angered the footy gods and led to Frio coming back against the odds, I apologise. Uh, clearly a St Kilda fan forgot who they were and accidentally had some positive thoughts and some optimism for the future. And it is interesting. I think I genuinely think it was like the Ross Lyon Cup in that uh, both teams did their best to choke and destroy their fans' hope. Uh, and it's just that uh, <laughs> clearly Ross Lyons' St Kilda uh, uh, juju is uh, stronger than his Frio juju. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it here and now. Uh, 
No Jared Roughhead, no St Kilda. That's my call. Uh, he hasn't joined them in the hub because him and his partner Sarah are expecting a baby soon and uh, they're just struggling with a big rough wow. on board. I may be slightly biased, who knows, but anyway. That's my call um, right there. It was actually quite amazing because when early in the game, Frio just did not look like it was even possible for them to do it. And for such a young group of people, I actually was quite surprised that they could rally so well. And the last goal, I think it was Lockie Schultz, I'll stand to be corrected, but they kept playing on the telly the exact same goal that Justin Longmuir kicked against the Saints to win the game. Yeah. Like, amazing. It was so fun. And also I got really sad when they played the... um replay because there were so many people in the crowd <laughs> like oh no remember that it was so good <laughs> <laughs> remember crowds <laughs> it was so um sad but good for them I mean that was the best win young group on the on the road last are they going back to WA to so the last game in the hub they are yeah and very uh, cold, uh, great precision by Schultz to get the winning goal. And it's, I'm sure I've talked about this before, but I'd forgotten just because I don't think about Frio that much. Uh, have, have Schultz and Hogan, uh, have they had a good little uh, uh, passage of play together yet? Just where, you know, maybe Schultz could pass it to Hogan and then he missed, and then Schultz could go, Hogan! <laughs> Hogan could say, why didn't you pass it to me? I was open. And Schultz could just go, I know nothing. <laughs> we can only hope that these conversations are happening <laughs> at the Fremantle Dockers. I, I uh, but if, the Dockers. if there's any kid in the draft with the last name Clink, Frio have to get him. It's like a father-son. Just lock that in. That absolutely has to happen. It must happen. Like, I remember being disappointed when Hawthorne didn't recruit Anthony Rock, given that we had Gary Ayres. But anyway... <laughs> I just wanted Ayers Rock to line up next to each other. So the West Coast Eagles and the Crows, what a ripping game of football. I mean, you could watch this one over and over again, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, and, oh, and everyone just talked about the phone thing. Um, did, did you guys, you know, everyone said, oh, isn't it great that he did it? But, you know, Telstra paid for all that, which totally just ruined the magic of it. Well, of course they did, as if he was going to give him a $1,500 phone. Same phone I still thought it was pretty funny because um, it was the most interesting thing, one, that happened in this game, two, over the weekend, three. Like, not a huge brand person, but pretty funny idea from Telstra to take advantage of the moment and just go, well, this is pretty funny. Yeah. And, like, to it completely diffused the situation. And Riley O'Brien actually played quite well. Like, they, they were quite yeah, they even. Well. Hey, do you think this could start a rush of players accidentally, in inverted commas, uh, tweeting their game notes in the hope that they'll get a free phone at the end of the game. Who's a real dud, Nick Nat. Oh, I'm sorry, my phone. Oh, where's my phone? It was funny because Nick Nat said after the game, now don't get any ideas about <laughs> the rest of you. It was no Harry Taylor yeah. in the ham, though. That was the funniest thing that's ever happened, I think, after the game. Yeah, re- re- remind me of how did that work? So there was a player, who was it for Adelaide? Was it? Um, uh, it might have been Josh Jenkins. Josh Jenkins. So Josh Jenkins had food poisoning um, in a game caused by dodgy ham. And the next time Geelong played them, Harry Taylor had pulled some shaved ham out of his sock and gave it to Josh Jenkins after. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think the suggestion from Harry Taylor was that the food poisoning excuse was a made up one. Yeah, oh. that he didn't want to have to play against them. But I have. Never yeah. seen anything that just like t- completely took my breath away, like that ham. I was like, and there were so many great questions, like, did he have it in his stock the whole game? Like, that's disgusting. But apparently, it was like set up. He, was, he had it delivered to him so he could pull it out of his stock at the ideal moment. I love that. I want more after the game more props. handovers. More, more props, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and well, Josh Jenkins and Harry Taylor are teammates now. Oh, yeah, do you think cool. there's a race for ham sandwiches at lunchtime at the club? <laughs> And why is Um, nobody talking about the big issue with Riley O'Brien is uh, that sounds like a made-up name. Riley O'Brien? Yeah, it just sounds like, you know, someone's uh, an Irish cartoon character. Riley (laughs) O'Brien. Riley. 
Riley O'Brien. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was either that or calling him Potatoes O' Leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> Who is? There's a chance he'll be getting uh, drafted from the Gaelic uh, League this year. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go on to the next game after uh, West Coast and the Crows. Awesome. Uh, where are we? Melbourne and the Gold Coast Suns. Match of the round, Tess Armstrong. I love this game. Firstly, it's like two teams that have been kind of down and out for a while, they have a few. They Melbourne shouldn't have won. Melbourne won the Depressometer Cup last week. They have been really low. Um, they even won earlier in the year, but forgot to have their captain, their new captain in the circle. Like it's all been going wrong. They're, they're fisted forever files, which is a fantastic website done by Demon Blog. Lists all the things that have gone wrong for, oh, yeah, for the great best, best, best website. It is a constantly um, unfolding piece of piece of art but it was really exciting Gold Coast I'm obsessed with they play so well and the best thing for me is that the first you know four rounds of the year people go there'll never be a better first year player than Matt Rowell and then bang first game Isaac Rankin just the player you most want to see the next weekend like I can't wait to watch him play football next weekend and just see what he does he's often I say about footballers if there are more highlights in your hair then in your game, you've got a problem. But Isaac Rankin actually had sufficient highlights in his game to overshadow the highlights in his hair. So he got the ball there. Isaac Rankin, uh, Rankin, just written down, just when I look at it, my brain always goes, Yishak Ravine. You know, remember the old Israeli Prime Minister? Yitzhak Ravine. Yeah. Is it Yitzhak Ravine? I think so. Isaac Rankin. Are you right? So are you offering to write a limerick? Danny, with the, uh, are you going to write a banner with Isaac Rankine and Yitzhak Rabin? Yeah, this is the hard-hitting footy commentary that you come to know <laughs> on They Came to Play. <laughs> Don't ask him about his politics, though, his Israeli politics. <laughs> Maybe in that pint-sized presser on Channel 7, the children could ask him what he thinks about Israel and Palestine. Um, <laughs> it was funny to me, though, that, like, you can have Matt Rowell and you can have Isaac Rankin, but you can't have them both at the same time. <laughs> like you've been cursed. You're not allowed to have them. Yeah. It's too good. They're too good with them at the same time. But also Matt Stewart Jew was like, you know, he's been fully encouraged to just do whatever he wants essentially and that the, the rest of the players will trust that if he does something that might seem like it's too risky, they've all seen him play enough to know that like, you know, as we saw on the weekend, three out of five times, it's going to be amazing. So just let him go for it. Um, but the Ds rallied. They did backs against the wall stuff, which the Ds don't often do that well. They usually fall to pieces and they were great. And Harley Bunnell kicking his first goal for the Ds to win the game was just so wholesome. It was uh, it was a good highlight. And, gee, the boys got around him, didn't they, when he kicked that goal? It was so nice. Also, we had um, Ruck captains. So that's rare. Both Wits and um, Gorn, both captains. Oh, yeah. Both tall people. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was. Does has has Swamp done stats on the tallest uh, captain combination Ooh. in the history of the AFL VFL? Well, Could it be going? Don't humans get taller as time goes on? So, like, aren't yeah, we going into tall territory? Uh, did Sean Wren captain the Crows at any point? No. Okay, play on. <laughs> <laughs> as you were. Hey, did a Madden? Uh, did Justin Madden ever captain? Ah, uh, because Kernahan was always captain. He was tall. No, he was not tall. Paul um, Salmon. Paul Salmon could have stepped in for Hawthorne at some point as captain. Yeah. He was never captain per se, but he could have been acting captain at some point. Yeah. Well, we'll ask Swamp. We'll get to. We'll find out. Anyway, we'll we'll get we'll get to the bottom of that. Hey, and what about Essendon and North Melbourne on Saturday night? Oh, look, it, it, it did struggle to hold my interest for too long, this game, to be completely honest with you, on Saturday night. It was closer than you think. It was a good game. And, you know, we sound like a broken record. Anthony McDonald, Tipper, and Woody was uh, amazing. And I've just got a question for you guys about Tipper. Have you heard him talk? Does he, he doesn't do much media. Yeah. I can't really pick it. And I was just watching him, and he was, you know, dominant. And every time he touches the ball, something amazing happens. And I realised, in my head, he speaks like an old kung fu master. Like, he just speaks in riddles and parables and uh, and just very wise. Like, they go, hey, hey, Tipper, uh, uh, how do I get to play like you? And he just says, well, if you do not control your rage, 
your rage will become your control. I can imagine that. Some sort of Jedi. Yeah. Some sort of Jedi nun. Is that what you're suggesting? I'm thinking like a, yeah, Yoda or, or Pi Wei from Kill Bill. Right. <laughs> I think, um, think Tipper should dye his beard white. I think it would just add to his sort of old, wise feel. So, you know, instead of Confucius say, we could see a, a book of uh, Tipper says. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye. If you're working in Essendon merch, get onto it because I I would purchase that as niche merch. There was like so, a few highlights. The David Zaharakis goal was amazing and he it's like, I can't believe he still plays as well as he plays. I feel like he's been playing my entire life. Uh, and he was really exciting. Andrew McGrath was really good. It pains me to talk about Essendon being good because I'm not fussed on Essendon. But Jacob Townsend, Richmond's own, played really well. And I'm really glad because a couple of weeks ago he didn't kick the goal that could have won them the game. And so I've been willing him on to do well to kind of get his get his groove back. So he was awesome. And Essendon are just going. They're just like... They're, they're not losing by heaps. They're not winning by heaps. They're just trucking along. They've kind of got this weird two-coach thing going on where Brent, Ben Rutten does the actual coaching bit and John Worsold just goes, good one. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best John Worsold impersonation I've ever heard. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, and... North Melbourne are just perpetually disappointing to me because I do want them to come good. I love Cam Zerha. He is super fun to watch playing football. Um, ben Brown, when he's happy, makes me happy. I want them to do well. I, I want them to do well too, but those outs, Cunnington and Anderson, really oh, yeah. make life difficult for North no Melbourne. Fun, losing no North. And hopefully he returns to them in two weeks from now. Oh, you playing them next week, why, are you? Why not next week? They play Richmond next week. <laughs> oh, of course. At, of course. Richmond have never beaten North Melbourne at the Gold Coast. Good stat. Hey, let's go to Thursday night, guys, when the Catters knocked over the Brisbane Hang on, Lions. hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on. I hang believe on. there was a game on Friday. Oh, you want to keep working backwards that way? My notes, my notes distinctly say Friday night sleeping emoji. So I think we need to talk about that. <laughs> What's that? What was the sleepy emoji? <laughs> Sleeping emoji, the one that's asleep. That's uh, that's all my Friday night says for me. It was the most boring game, except for Sunday, that I've ever seen. But at least Sunday, my team were in it, so I had something. Yeah, I know. I that it was just, it was very hard to watch that on uh, on Friday night. I got to say, there was a bit of excitement yeah. at my house in that uh, my daughter's kindergarten teacher was in the Magpie Zoom wall. Oh, nice. Shout out to Ray. I'm sure she listens. Well, that's a bit of excitement. That is awesome. And they actually had something to celebrate. But even they started so well and then they just, like, stopped playing once they realised Hawthorne hadn't come to play. Um, They just kind of... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you said that in a very villainous way. You said that like... (laughs) They hadn't come to play. play. Uh, And then Uh, went away to nothing. You know, boredom. Yeah, we were just terrible. That's that's as bad a performance I've seen from Hawthorne in the Alistair Clarkson era. And our lowest score for 46 years, if you don't mind... (laughs) Um, no, I don't we were just, I'm fine with this. This is great. Oh, this there goes, were just so few highlights. Jonathan Patton doing his hamstring and being reduced to tears on the bench is a real metaphor for our, our entire evening. Yeah. That was so sad. I was, I was genuinely very sad about that. He seems like a super decent human being. And I hate when players never get a go at it, when they're touted to be good and then they're injured and injured and injured and then they never get a go at it. So that, But, yes, he's tears also summed up how we felt. Um, Atu Bosanavalagi, who was playing for Collingwood, he was awesome on debut and I was waiting and waiting and waiting for him to get his um, first goal, but he didn't get it. But he was in and around all of it. His mum, if anyone wants to feel good, you should watch, yeah, the Harley Bunnell goal celebration after the game and also the video on Collingwood's website, which is weird. There's wholesome content there. Anyway, you go there, you watch him call his mum and tell him, tell her he's making his debut. She is just a ball of human delight and it just made me feel so much better about the world. Just her joy really did, was like a cure, a vaccine, if you will, for COVID. Um, and so I feel like I should pass that information on to the experts. 
if they want to make it. But then the meta- metaphor for me was Will Kelly, who debuted for um, Collingwood. Oh, yeah. First kick, first goal in AFL football and then ended the night with the most horrendous injury. I thought that's 2020 for you. That looked ugly, didn't it? That poor bloke. It broke his arm above the elbow, I think. Mm. Linda, um, plays for you that is new and exciting? Like who's your young hope for the future? I'll tell you who it is, Will Day, who debuted. Good. Uh, whose grandfather played in the 1971 Premiership team. He was superb. Good. Uh, on Friday night. It was a real highlight. I thought it was a great debut from him and I reckon we'll be seeing a lot more of him. And also he went to my old school in Adelaide, so I'm a bit biased in wanting him to see him do well. Nice. Uh, but he was he was really really good. That was the one highlight oh, uh, for the Hawks. All right, yeah, that's that's nice of you to say, Limo, that this is your that he's your your big new hope. Tess, we both know who Hawthorne's big new hope is. It's Matt Rowell. They're going to offer him a truckload of cash and just steal him away, and then he'll probably end up going to Richmond as well because you know money talks. Danny, you know that Matt Rowell yes. ten years too young for Hawthorne to want to have him. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until he's 31 and then go yeah. from then. <laughs> That's more our vibe right there. Well, this went uh, very well for my long – I now have a little – you know, in footy you have your short-term uh, dreams, you know, maybe we'll win this quarter, maybe you know, Nick Nat and O'Brien will have a good game and you need your long-term goals. And I have uh, a long-term goal now in place. One Something that absolutely annoys me about uh, Hawthorne uh, is that their fans – uh, constantly points out that they have won a premiership every decade since the 60s. Yes. So I'm hoping the 20s is when that breaks. And the fact that you are so terrible, not completely terrible, not a hard rebuild just yet, this gives me hope that the 20s will break that horrible curse. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, we've got 10 years. <laughs> You've got 10, 10 years. long years to find out. So. the tape. And then let's put uh, back in. I mean, your Hawthorne fans aren't that patient, so we'll uh, we'll see how we go. Let's do the last game. Tess Armstrong's Geelong Football Club defeated. They came to play as Brisbane Lions, 11-7-73-6-10-46. This game feels like it happened three and a half years ago. <laughs> I can barely remember it. it um, we got the return of disappointed dad, Chris Fagan, who just was tut-tutting on the boundary line for the entire game. He was pacing up and down, thinking about how he was going to talk to them when they got home late from the club and they broke their curfew. He was just so disappointed in them that it broke my heart because I didn't want to be any of those people. I'd hate to get told off by Chris Fagan. It would be dev. Yeah. Um, Geelong were so good. I haven't seen Geelong play like this in as long as I can remember. Geelong, who were touted as the old and old, too old, too slow, whatever, relevant Geelong, were like super fast. It was like Speedy Gonzalez in the third quarter. They just took it on and it was super awesome footy. Gary Ablett looked like he's 21. Maybe he'll go, maybe he'll get drafted to Hawthorne, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Under father son. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> picking up Gary Ablett Jr. God. Uh, yeah, the cats, it kills me to say it, but they looked very, very, very good at the night. And Paddy Angerfield just was back to his old. Back to his old self, wasn't he? he? It was awesome. Like it was Selwood, Dangerfield, Ablett, which yeah. at the moment when they play well, it's amazing. But think about when they don't play well, that's concerning because you need the other players in Geelong's team to step up and be those and to be those people. But it went well for them the other night. Turns out they play quite well at the SCG in their one-week hub, so they'll be probably disappointed that they're leaving, going to WA. Um, <laughs> for the Lions, though, like our beloved suitcase, Scottish suitcase, was injured, playing injured, and Mitch Robinson also was injured early. And so they did lose quite a few players who are very important to them early in the game. And so, you know, it was kind of just a cursed night. They just didn't look like they were in it. Eric Hipwood uh, did no. a very good uh, job. You said, uh, pointed out last week, reminded us that we used to call him the baby giraffe. Uh, but he's really growing into his body. So he still does look like a baby giraffe. But he's a baby giraffe that has, uh, you know, in the Matrix where they, uh, so when Keanu Reeves is learning Kung Fu, they just sort of inject him with all this knowledge. And he goes, I know Kung Fu. He's a baby giraffe who has just been injected with the knowledge of Kung Fu. <laughs> And actually, and I know that's that. I hope that's this isn't cruel, but also Eric Hipwood's face looks like someone's wearing an Eric Hipwood mask. 
He looks like someone's wearing a rough and a doll mask. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's better. Uh, it's brought from the $2 shop, so it's not quite right, but you can't work out which of Oh, uh, yes. He does have a bit of raffer about him, doesn't he? He really does. I can't stop looking. I want him to, um, when he's lining up for goals, check his undies and line up the water bottles. <laughs> uh, if anyone else has a good lookalike across the AFL, please let us know on the socials. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll chuck them up. We'd love to build Instagram. a little, you know, I a the other sweet lookalike. Someone messaged me on the weekend, which I've heard many, many times before, suggesting that I'm uh, Jordan Lewis's doppelganger, but I've, I've have heard that for years. <laughs> I, the other, I get the same about Chris Hemsworth. Uh, it's just constant. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's troubling, isn't it? Yeah. It's annoying, actually. People always say, right. I'll, I'll make first and you. It's just the same. <laughs> hey, do you know what was great about this game, about the broadcasting? I don't know if it was a mistake or they did it for real, but finally they showed uh, the team who had just been scored against Zoomwall. So they showed some angry Brisbane fans after oh, Geelong were yeah. And I've been waiting for that. And I, I don't want to see angry Brisbane fans, but why couldn't they have shown some angry Hawthorne fans on Friday? That was way more interesting than seeing a happy kindergarten teacher. <laughs> it's in the contract. It's um, we're a happy team at Hawthorne, so it's actually illegal to show them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's against the club. Hey, uh, so what are you, what's the match with the round next week? Is it uh, Geelong Collingwood Thursday night? They always play well, but I feel like it could be a really boring game. Who knows? I think um, I'm looking forward to Carlton Port because if Carlton play well like they did last week, this weekend, gone versus the you know flag favourites, Port Adelaide. What are your thoughts? I feel like that could be quite yeah. exciting. Definitely the Derby Which for me. Frio, Derby. West Coast, in Perth. Uh, it's always a great game. And 30,000 people are allowed to go. It's going to be so weird. <laughs> That's going to so make jealous. us all very jealous Yeah, uh, watching that. Well, it is another massive round of weird football next weekend. Can, got, uh, can Richmond kick more than four goals, Tess, next weekend? Um, no, but North won't kick more than two, so it will even out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. And just as an update for just one other thing we've been talking about uh, in the Belarusian Soccer League, uh, Tess, your Islam had a great win on the weekend beating FC Minsk, uh, but you are still ninth. Sorry about that. Classic behaviour. And uh, Limo, uh, my team's beating yours now on top. Well, that's annoying. I should have left it out. Uh, all right. Thank you, Danny McGinley. Thank you. Go dogs. Oh, for the love of God, go dogs. <laughs> Thank you, Tess. Thank you. Go Tigers next week against North. Uh, go Hawks against traditional rivals Melbourne next weekend. <laughs>